Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. I want to talk to you. I've had this stirring around in my heart for several weeks now. And I want to intentionally talk to you about this, knowing that we're going to have an incredible service tonight and knowing that the service tonight is not church as usual, but it's a special opportunity for us to really be in the presence of the Lord and really be strong in his presence tonight. I, I, I really absolutely believe with everything in me that we will see ridiculous miracles tonight. I was with Jim um, two weekends ago up in New York, and I got to back him up on the keyboards, which was actually a lot of fun. We were having ice cream the day before, and he's like, you can, you can flow with me on the keys? I said, yeah, man, whatever you want. And so I got to uh, back him up while he ministered for both services that I was a part of. And um, we saw... I don't, I don't know what percentage to give it, but I'm going to call it 98.5% success with people receiving instant miracles. Um, that's, that's intense. There's a lot of people that do healing ministry that don't have those kinds of results. Uh, of all the people that got prayed for that entire weekend, only one person went away not having received an immediate healing. Uh, and a lot of times we do the unfortunate thing of saying, well, what about the one that didn't get healed? And I'm like, what about the 43 people that did? Right? Um, so I, I really absolutely believe that we're going to see awesome healings and testimonies. Uh, one lady in the church there had, been, had walked with a limp for 45 years because she had a hip problem. And uh, he sat her down into a chair, punched her in the foot, and that foot grew out right in front of all of us. And she got up and took off running and was like, I haven't been able to do this in 45 years. Her husband said the next day, uh, he called my dad, his name's Rick, super nice guy. He said it was super awkward later that day because I went to give her a kiss and she's taller than me now. I said, well, that's pretty awesome. Amen. We saw a lady who couldn't walk without a cane running up and down the aisle. One of the ladies that came had lost all of the fatty tissue on the bottom of her feet, so that padding on the bottom of her feet was worn down and completely gone. She couldn't walk without shoes because she was walking on bone because it was hurting. He prayed for her. She kicked her shoes off and ran up and down the aisles, and God just did it right in front of us. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So I've been saying to on our social media and stuff and saying, listen, just come on out and come see what God will do because uh, no matter who you are, God will heal you. Amen? So, in light of that, I want to share, I'm down to 12 and a half minutes now on my timer, I want to share just quickly about living a supernatural life. And this is just the, the tiniest tip of the biggest iceberg but we'll just set the stage for you, hopefully, for this evening. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says this. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I can remember being in youth group, and my, my mom had one of these label makers, you know, the little things you type in. And I found it one day, and I don't know why, but it fascinated me, and so I decided to print some scriptures on this label maker. And this was a scripture that had, for me, at that time, become very real. And so I printed out Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and I mashed it to the inside of my Bible cover, because that was back in the day when Sean and I used to carry big Bible covers, because we wanted to look super spiritual. And so we carried Bible covers to church. And so this, this and, uh, and Hebrews chapter 4 were in, and, and Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, these were tattooed to the inside of my Bible cover. And, and since the time I was 16, 17, 18, this verse has stood out to me as the reality of how we are supposed to live as Christians. I was thinking about this. I don't know any Christianity that's not radical. I don't know of a Christianity. I've never lived in a, in a Christian culture that's not radical. Now, that might scare people when you say that, but it's just reality. I don't know a lifestyle apart from believing God to do crazy, ridiculous things that blow my mind. Now, the reason for that is very simple. Jesus, when he hung on the cross, didn't kind of die for you. Right? When Jesus hung on the cross, he didn't partially go there. He went all in. There was no reservation. Romans chapter 8 says that God did not withhold his son, right? It says he didn't, he didn't hold back, but he gave him freely to us. And with him, he will also freely give us all things, the scripture says in Romans chapter 8. So Jesus went all in for me. The only way I know how to respond is to go all in for him. That's the only, it's the only Christianity I know. And you see, that's the kind of Christianity that yields power. That's the kind of Christianity that yields results. I don't know about you, but I don't want to play church. I don't want to come here and say Jesus is good and then live like he's not. I don't want to stand up and make myself and God look bad by saying Jesus will heal you and then I lay hands on you and nothing happens. That ain't right, man. That ain't right. Y'all follow me? It's rude. It's rude to make promises on behalf of God and then not be able to back them up. If you think I'm challenging you, wait till tonight. (laughs) I don't want to live a life that to me is filled with hypocrisy because I can't manifest the God that I preach. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that when I came to you, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of men's wisdom. But my preaching came with something else. It came with demonstration of the Holy Spirit and with power. Why, Paul? Why would you say that? Because he says, he goes on to say, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I don't want my belief system to be hinged on what people think about God. I want my belief system to be hinged on how God has demonstrated himself in the world. 
Now, the problem that we run into, I'm doing really good on my timing. I just want to say that. I'm doing, I'm doing really good right now. I just looked at my timer. This is great. The problem is this. What's that? Yeah, that's right. Don't put them in a box. The, here's, here's the problem, okay? The reason, one of the reasons I believe that we don't see the kind of manifestations that we ought to see is that people have stopped in our culture believing in the spirit realm. People have stopped believing in supernatural things. Matter of fact, we, we make anything supernatural weird. We don't call it supernatural. We villainize anything that we can't dis- define. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? We don't think about the, the spirit realm as being something real. We think about the spirit realm as being, you know, uh, ghost hunters. We don't call it supernatural. We call it paranormal activity. Right? When we get sick, the first thing we do is we figure out, well, what's the symptom and what is the symptom connected to in the body? And we try to assess everything from a natural perspective. Right? Now, I'm not saying you can't go to the doctor. I'm not saying you can't go to the hospital. But I'm not, what I am saying is that that shouldn't be your first thought. Right? If we only live on a natural plane, then we miss God because he doesn't live on this natural plane. Everything he does is supernatural. Just like Superman was a man that was beyond the normal. Supernatural is, where, uh, is, is, is something beyond the natural. And we in our Western society and in our American culture have, have tried to find a way to explain away the supernatural realm. We've tried to do our best to explain away anything having to do with the spirit realm. If we can't quantify it, if we can't measure it in a linear way, if we can't define it with scientific means, it must not be real. And that's how we think. And because we have put God in that box of what we can see and feel and touch and taste and hear, if we put God in that box, it's no wonder that our faith doesn't work and our prayers don't get answered. Is this helping you this morning? I want to provoke you into the spirit. I want to provoke you into the supernatural. If you can get to the place where you go all in with God, nothing is impossible. (laughs) Praise God. The problem is that we as a society stopped believing in the supernatural. If you go back about two generations, people still loved God. Even the people who were not Christians knew there was a God. Even the people who weren't Christians knew there was a devil. They knew, they believed in a spirit realm. We were taught to understand and to think that way. But now we've pushed ourselves away. We took God out of schools. We took him out of the government. We took, him, we took prayer out of, out of public assembly. We've taken anything having to do with anything spiritual, and we've tried to remove ourselves as far away from it as possible. It's no wonder we can't access the spirit realm now because we've pushed ourselves so far away from it. The problem is not that people in our society don't love Jesus. The problem is that they don't even realize there's a spirit world anymore. They don't even realize that anything supernatural could even possibly exist. If we can get them to understand by demonstrating God that he's really real, they'll have no problem believing in him. Mark uh, Colello and I were talking on the phone a couple weeks ago. And he shared with me a testimony that, that was really one of the things that got my heart really stirred in this direction. 
And it's just perfect for, our, for what we're going to experience tonight. He, he said, he told the testimony of a young girl in Indonesia. Indonesia, right? Yeah. A young lady in Indonesia who works in a restaurant and outside of this restaurant was a woman who was having a demonic experience. She was possessed with devils. And uh, she was threatening to throw herself off the bridge. There was a bridge outside. And uh, Indonesia is a 99% Muslim country. And so there was mo- uh, like uh, imams and sheikhs and people outside there tr- doing all these chants and trying to fix the problem. And it wasn't working. They weren't getting any results. The demon was still manifesting. And if that freaks you out, don't let it freak you out. It's totally cool. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. We love you. Your life counts, okay? <laughs> Just go with it for a few minutes. They were, this, this woman's freaking out. The demon's manifesting, and the, the, the sheikhs and the, and the imams couldn't do anything for her. And so this young girl who knows Jesus and loves Jesus walks out and starts to talk to this young lady and calms her down and, and casts the devil out of her. And it wasn't, from what I understand, it wasn't this full-blown, incredible, you know, there's, there's no, nobody who's speaking King James English, you know, there wasn't, no, nobody's throwing anything. It was just real simple, as far as I understand it to be. So this lady gets delivered because God loves that lady. God loves that lady enough to put her in the path of a Christian person who knows him enough to do something about it. And so she goes out and she gets this woman delivered from these demons and she goes back into the restaurant. And when she goes back into the restaurant, this is what blew me away. The people in the restaurant, and Mark will correct me if I'm wrong, the people in the restaurant go to her and say, where did you get this magic? Right? I believe those were their exact words. Where did you get this magic from? Because like everything we were trying didn't work. What kind of magic is this? Now we in the church, especially charismatic church, would be like, bless God, it's not magic. I'm going to tell you about the Lord. That's not the response I had to it. I said, wait a minute. They asked her what kind of magic it was because they still believe in the supernatural. They asked her what kind of magic that was because they saw something and they believed in it. Do you know it was so easy for her to get everybody saved that day? Why? Because she redirected this belief that they had in the supernatural. She redirected it and aimed it at Jesus. She said, listen, it's not, it wasn't magic. It was the Lord. It was the manifestation of God's presence. And you can live in that same relationship with Jesus that I live in. And she was able to lead him to the Lord. Now, the thing that struck me so hard about that story was not the casting out of the devil. It was the fact that those people wondered how it happened because they understood and they believed there is a supernatural realm. You go over, I've, I've spent time in Africa, I've spent time in Central and South America ministering to people, especially in remote places. You go there, they believe in the supernatural. Matter of fact, when you go to the church in Africa, you have to try to get them to not talk about demons too much. <laughs> they inadvertently tend to exalt the, uh, you know, the demonic and, and these kinds of things. And the reason is because they understand these things are real. In Africa, you can still go to witch doctors. John Lake, when he was in South Africa, you, you would, would write about this stuff all the time. There would be witch doctors that would levitate. 
uh, I think it was Lake, you correct me if I'm wrong, Lake was invited to Central America to speak at uh, this massive conference of like warlocks and witches and stuff, right? And, and they all wanted to know what was the secret of this man's power because he was seeing all kinds of crazy miracles. It was really intense. And if you don't know anything about John Lake, you need to check him out. He was a baller. Um, but he knew God. And he prayed. And he loved Jesus. And he saw people get healed all the time. And so he gets invited to this conference. And he goes into the conference. They want to hear from him. How are you so powerful in the things of the Spirit? And he goes into this witches and warlocks convention. And all these people are levitating and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And there's all kinds of banter and nonsense going on in the room. And John walks in and somebody hands him a microphone. And he says, I command all this to stop in Jesus' name. And everybody hits the ground. Why? Why? Because John Lake was super special? No, because he just knew his God. He knew who God was, and he was committed to his relationship with the Lord, and he was committed to see people's lives changed. And see, if you and I will get to the place where we love the people we're around more than we love our own comfort, then God will use us to fix those lives. I had three scriptures. I've gotten to one of them, and that's all the time for, that we have for today. Tune in next time, same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> Y'all watch Batman when you were a kid? Adam West Batman. The important thing for us, guys, is that we learn to live with an awareness of whose we are. You're not your own anymore. The Bible says you were bought with a price. Jesus paid a tremendous price so that you and I could live in freedom and in the liberty of a relationship with him. There is a very real spirit world. And we need to understand that in that spirit world, there's only one name that means anything. There's only one power that means anything. The devil has been defeated. He's been disarmed. He's been absolutely beaten. I was talking with my friend Aaron the other day. He lives out in California. We were having a conversation, and I was worried that I was going to wake up my neighbors because of how loud I was laughing in my front yard at like 11 o'clock at night talking to my buddy. And we, you know what we were doing? We were mocking the devil, ragging on him, saying, man, can you believe it? The only fight he ever had to fight in his whole life, he lost. And he continues to lose all the time. He continues to be reminded of the fact that for all of eternity, he will be branded as the biggest loser. Next time the devil comes and pushes your buttons, just remind him that he's a loser. I, I Listen, y'all think this is strange maybe? I don't know. I openly mock the enemy. When, it come, when, when I'm feeling something going on weird in my body or when I'm having some problems in my life or when I'm you know, having issues in my marriage or whatever the case may be, I get alone and I start to thank God and then I mock the devil. I say, you slimy little loser. You, you are such a failure. I tell him that. Oh, brother, you don't want the devil to hear you say that. Yes, I do. Brother, you know what you what you think the devil might do? There's nothing he can do. He's a loser. 
He's a miserable failure. I said this to the devil one time. I said it, and then it made me laugh. I was like, man, it must suck to be reminded of how much of a failure you are. I was like, you know what? I feel bad for you. You got to live with that hanging over your head every day for all of eternity, you rotten failure. You are so weak. What a loser. What an idiot. Why would I say that? Because it's true. All of it is true. The devil is a loser. He doesn't have anything on the Spirit of God in you. And if you and I will get to the place of boldness where we stop caring about our own comfort and we start caring about the love of Christ that's in us for the hurts of the world around us, we'll actually have the spiritual artillery to fix those problems. And none of our prayers will get unanswered. Amen. That's enough for today. I hope to, pro- to have provoked you slightly to at least start to entertain and think about the reality that there is a a supernatural realm, there is a spirit world. And in that spirit world, there's only one name that has any merit. That's the name of Jesus. God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every other name. If today makes you uncomfortable, I'm glad. Because sometimes we need to be stirred out of our comfort so that we'll actually do something for God. Let's bow our heads. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.